0: Pastor John, you are an outspoken opponent of the prosperity gospel, and you have been for many years. In episode 231 of this podcast series, it's aptly titled, Why I Abominate the Prosperity Gospel, and that sums up your position pretty well, and your words there are very strong. Podcast listener Derek recently wrote in to ask a follow-up question. Pastor John, how do you recognize prosperity theology when it's not blatantly obvious? What are some key indicators to discern a soft prosperity theology?
1: I really appreciate this question. I'm, I'm eager to give some some uh, uh, things to look for, and I don't think it's all that difficult. Anybody could probably sit down and, and come up with these. So I, I thought of at least um, six that I jotted down six uh, things to look for, and if you see them, the likelihood is that you may be dealing with incipient uh, prosperity theology or soft or beginning uh, prosperity theology. Number one, the absence of a serious doctrine of the biblical necessity and normalcy of suffering. The absence of a doctrine of suffering. Um, Acts 14.21 said that basic discipleship, as Paul went through the churches, was to teach them through many tribulations you must enter the kingdom. Is this basic doctrinal teaching in the church? Tribulations are necessary, and there are many, and you must walk through them. Is Romans eight? 23 essential in dealing with sickness and calamity? We, we who have the Holy Spirit groan, waiting for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. Is there a strong note that Christians full of the Holy Spirit get cancer and groan under the calamities and the, the miseries of the fall? Um, John fifteen twenty. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Is there a strong note that a faithful Christian will be persecuted? Hebrews twelve and Second Corinthians one. God is sovereign over all of our pain and ordains it for our holiness. So that's the first one. Is there is there a serious doctrine of the necessity and normalcy of suffering? Number two. The absence of a clear and prominent doctrine of self-denial is a tip-off that something's amiss. An, a, an absence of a clear and prominent doctrine of self-denial. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Paul said, Romans 8:13, "If if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Philippians 3.8, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. In other words, normal progress in the Christian life comes by saying no to lesser values and yes to Christ. And many of those lesser values are the kinds of pleasures that prosperity preachers don't like to say no to. So, is there a good doctrine of self-denial? Number three, look out for the absence of serious exposition of Scripture. Does the preaching Take the Bible seriously by explaining what is really there in texts? Does it work through passages of Scripture explaining the flow of the thought, or does it feel like the pastor has his favorite topics, he circles around to them over and over, making a few texts serve his purpose? So watch for a careful and continuous handling of the scriptures in an expository way. And be suspicious if all you ever get is topical preaching with a few pastors' favorite topics that lean towards prosperity, the mark. Number four, watch out for the absence of dealing with tensions in scripture. That is, um, does the preacher bring up passages that seem like problems with the ones he's dealing with and then give careful explanations to show how they really fit together? Or is he content just to say what seems to be in one text and never even raise the question? There may be 10 other texts that seem to say something else. I think that's a bad sign. If, if week after week you get the impression Doesn't he realize what he just said from this text is contradicted in a few other places in the Bible? And he doesn't seem to know that or care about that. That's a serious problem. Number five, do the church leaders have exorbitant lifestyles? Do they drive cars, live in houses, wear clothes, travel to places that only the very wealthy can go or only the very wealthy can possess? Is the pastor living above the average person in his parish. Now, why might that be? And I know that there may be cultural and traditional reasons for it, but are there biblical reasons for it? Try to sniff out, what makes this pastor tick? Why is he so... Concerned with the clothes he wears and the car he drives and the neighborhood he lives in and the the way he travels and the accommodations he gets on his travelling this this is, doesn't smell like the Jesus uh, who had no place to lay his head number six, last one, is there a prominence of self and a marginalization of the greatness of God? does the preacher seem to parade himself does he does he figure into the talk too much is the greatness and majesty and glory of god the, the centerpiece of all he says and does is the preacher in love with the glory of god in the gospel is he broken hearted for his sin is he contrite and humble Is he publicly self-effacing? Does he repent of his sins and model how to uh, appropriate daily the sweetness of what Jesus did for us on the cross, or is the is the majesty of grace marginalized while he exalts himself? So, those would be some of the things I would watch out for in trying to discern where a church may be going off in in relationship to the prosperity gospel
0: excellent thank you pastor john for those six gauges uh for more on the prosperity gospel see that episode number 231 why i abominate the prosperity gospel Uh, You can find that episode in the Ask Pastor John archive, and if you have a question on the brain that you would like to ask Pastor John, please email it to us at askpastorjohn at desiringgod.org. Next time, we return to talk about food. Specifically, what does the Bible say to us about food? Pastor John, I think, is up for offering us a little bite-sized theology of food. That's tomorrow. Until then, I'm your host, Tony Ranke. Thanks for listening.